0: legitimately
1: wacky fucking wacky ron oh yeah yeah oh yeah we're on oh wait i got a i got a pan <laughs> i got a pan i'm gonna pan. pan this yeah check uh, one. for full effect oh yeah yeah so i'll be in i'll be in uh i'm in i'm in your left ear ron's in your right ear it's exciting
0: yeah. So I like whispering in. the right ear. That's a fetish mine. Yes. Mind. Okay. I'm a right ear guy.
1: Here we go. Here we go. Ron's back on this now.
0: <laughs> I always uh, start with sex references.
1: This is just what everybody wants, right? Everybody wants this. What? Okay. What do you need, George? I have a production critique. A production oh, question.
0: It. Don't oh. talk sex all the time? The way you
1: the okay, so George is currently, he made me stop tape because he uh, he he doesn't oh. want us to do hard left and hard right <laughs> Uh, so Baba Booey has now told us, uh, how he would like things to be, even though he won't get on a mic, he will not get on a mic. He's incredibly private. Very private. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of George and privacy, this has nothing to do with any of that. I'm bartending tonight for the first time in two and a half years. Anybody? Wow.
0: Historical event.
1: It is. Uh, maybe I'll the, get a water for you. Back behind the sticks. Uh, yep. Yeah, Did okay. someone call sick or is this a joke No, no. I'm, I'm fucking broke.
0: Oh, that's a... Way so better reason <laughs> It's a horrible reason But it's a way better reason And uh, Get those tips from those uh, Flotsam and Jasmine fans
1: uh, Hopefully ho- Today tip well? Hopefully they're not 60 And drove from Long Island And fucking we're gonna In that to case You're not getting a penny No I'm not getting shit Yeah Fucking show up Drink God damn it Okay I said my piece But we yeah should, we should No slow. I'm excited about it I don't even know what beer we have I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to study up Do you
0: have Megadeth beer?
1: We, are we ser- currently serving The Megadeth beer George? we are you yes
0: Megadeth beer and maiden beer tell them on i expect
1: some money for that for that uh for that plug plug right there you know what i'm saying
0: does mastodon beer
1: wait wow. we got
0: we got oh yeah but we ridiculous. have
1: like two of them right we got a bunch of them so so currently we're selling the acdc beer the iron maiden beer the anthrax beer the mastodon beer the Megadeth beer, beer and the 1349 beer What's up? No ACDC. Oh, we're not selling the Rocker Bust anymore? No. no. ACDC. Okay. All right. Well, uh, for all you beer nerds, that's uh, that's the update.
0: I'm going to sell Death Cycle water because I'm poor too. <laughs> <laughs> Straight from the tap.
1: <laughs> well, what's the difference? You know, that's what... Uh, there is no difference. That's what Pepsi does. Unless they then. add
0: fluoride to it and they make you even dumber than you already are, which is what Nestle does.
1: You know, well, I have... Which I'm
0: probably uh, drinking right now.
1: I have the Berkey... Uh, you, oh, you have the water Berkey water filter. filter, yeah. Um, which uh, gets rid of all the fluoride because I didn't want thing. my child having any. As you shouldn't. Yes, I mean
0: you know it seems the intentional dumbing down. I, so Alex Jones has told me. But <laughs> yeah, I'm it's... sure he has. <laughs> Being a health freak, I was already well aware, but he screams it at you. I know. He sells you a filter. Who is it?
1: Uh, you know, it? Tim Heidecker from Tim, Tim and Eric. He does an amazing Alex Jones imitation. I oh, heard, yeah. I forget what he was. I on. wish I could do one. He was on like Duncan Trussell's podcast or something. It was so fucking good, man.
0: <laughs> Key elements such as nutraceuticals. It's
1: like fucking
0: I used to listen way too much. I had all this oh like, my god, I listened commercials to... memorized. Like, oh my god. Yeah, 12 yeah, to... years ago. What was oh it like
1: the Berkey water filter um, um the, what's the food um uh, the Patriot pack. <laughs> Patriot pack
0: <laughs> for the fucking for your survivalist st- needs. Storable
1: food all your survivalist needs.
0: Oh, God, Listen there up, was a people. guy that was selling jeans for a while, like American-made jeans. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh, oh those my... are the best ones, the gusset,
1: diamond gusset yeah. jeans. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the best fucking – got to see that commercial on YouTube. It's fucking incredible. It is amazing. <laughs> diamond gusset jeans.
0: <laughs> it's so macho. Because we used to – like, You feel like you about – you put them on, you instantly just want to, like, fag bash or something. But, it's uh, like the, they come uh, with the jeans, the whole energy. The
1: idea of it is that the gusset, which would be the crotchal asshole area – is a bit stronger. So when you're riding on the road and you hit the ground, you want to be <laughs> prepared. So basically, it, I guess it,
0: Alex Jones fans like ride horses every day. No,
1: this is about motorcycles. And if you oh, if you wipe out on your motorcycle and you, you drag your gusset, the jeans aren't going to rip or tear and they're made in America
0: or your gunt or anything else yeah. down there.
1: Yeah. That's what I mean, you're you're gusset. I used to have I had a, <laughs> one of my so very ridiculous. very close friends and former. So that uh, was the
0: demographic for the sound jeans? guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, wow. he used to always he'd like get up because you know we on tour we would shower rarely, and he would he would be like, "Oh, mate, my gusset stinks," and <laughs> like like fucking like take a whiff of his hand. <laughs> he was just, he's gonna be so horrified that I'm saying this. Not that <laughs> I'm sure he was psyched about that. Story. Yeah, and, uh, but. So when Diamond Gusset Jeans came out, I found the commercial and I said to him. And he's like, this can't be real. I was like, it's fucking real. It and is an amazing riding commercial. Riding on the road, Diamond Gusset Jeans. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking incredible. It's even
0: more entertaining than the show itself. Oh, yeah. And that's well, saying something because, you know, he used to be really high end. Oh,
1: he, oh so, it used to be great. And then, like, then Donald Trump started running for president. Well, and
0: you talk about a sellout. If you really believe the Alex Jones message, who sold out harder than a guy who just went standard Republican and now has all neocons in office? And Wall Street guys and Goldman Sachs. And he's still backing him. I know. He's still backing him. He didn't even go libertarian. Fucking fuck you. Fuck wars. Yeah. Well the libertarian, I mean, I libertarian had,
1: had Gary Johnson who wasn't the strongest candidate. That guy was dumber been. than dirt. Yeah, so it's, it's not great. I think he smoked too much weed.
0: He called Donald Trump a pussy though, which Did is he? Yeah, there's an interview. He I think he whatever he does, he like hikes or mountain climbs. He does something pretty tough. And he called Trump a pussy, which was great. It didn't get all the attention it deserved.
1: That's fucking amazing. It was yeah. like
0: almost I, like a WWE promo. I, I gotta,
1: I gotta tune into. It's it. It's worth
0: finding. I, but I, I,
1: I, during this, during the campaign, I, I, I would tune into Alex Jones just to be like, okay, let's see what's going on. Because I just want, I want a new good conspiracy theory. And he's just so fucking caught up on this trump bullshit and like and the clintons are evil and all this shit it's like no come on give me something good give me some aliens give, give me some something i don't
0: know first of all yeah like have david icon? i mean
1: yeah have david icon that's yes. always enjoyable yeah i mean
0: he, david I'm, i came through recently and uh, he speaks for 11 hours when he goes i was gonna go until i heard <laughs> 11 <laughs> fucking hours of that madman's i mean my head what? would explode after 90 minutes do they do they serve free food there's like a break I don't know. They do it at, um. he does Best Buy Theater, and he sells it out. Get the fuck out of here. 11 fucking hours. Shut the fuck up. And my friend went, what's the staffing for 11 hours (laughs) of a fucking, Jesus Christ. First of all, where's the stamina in that? I saw Jill Biappa talk before I was on time. I mean, nobody's crowd
1: riding, so I guess they don't have to have too much security, but still, like, what the
0: fuck? How do you, I mean, say what you want about David Icke. He's obviously true to his message. If you speak for 11 hours every day about that, you are into it. Oh, yeah. I mean, holy fuck.
1: Well, I, I, in that that John Ronson book, then that I'm that I, I just finished reading, he talks about he meets with David Ike in that, and this is in the 90s, and uh, so it was shortly after, I guess that, in the early 90s was when David Ike had his meltdown, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and decided. I that found that about him in like the mid 90s,
0: late 90s, and I was like, oh, this is a this is interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, he's somewhat believable in the the case that he was a normal person, and then all of a sudden, it fucking went insane, but. Uh,
0: and the first 75% of what he says is kind of basic New World Order. Global Elite, New global, World Order, blah, yeah. blah, blah, It's blah, the blah, last anything. 25% where he yeah, kind of... The, the lizard shit. Is yeah, just that's like, where what, it takes it to a whole yeah, Where are you realm? going, dude? But in the book, they
1: were talking about how the ACLU interpreted the lizards as international Jew, you know...
0: Oh, like anti-Zionist?
1: Yeah. Like, it's just, the lizard thing is just another code word for it. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then, like, he was, and John Ronson's like, no, 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 I think he's serious. I think yeah, he's, he's talking totally about serious. fucking lizards. <laughs> like, no, no, no. This they is really deadly. thought that? Yeah.
0: I guess because they just thought it was so absurd. Right. That it had, it, to be a, it uh, had to have
1: been some sort of right. code word, and they're used to, like, Well, all they those.
0: haven't, see, that's their problem. They don't read New Age books. All if you read
1: New Age books. All those people and, and yeah. the, the, the Waco people, they all use, like, code words. Alex yeah. Jones does like as well. Pizzagate.
2: And,
0: what the fuck is Pizzagate? Look it up right now. This thing is taking a dark turn. PizzaGate is basically um, a bunch of emails that came out related. You'll, you'll see. Uh, uh, no, keep talking. It's be boring. It goes into it's like, like it's a child a... porn ring that has to do with uh, the global elite. Oh, is it that pizza place in, in DC? Yes. Yeah, isn't that? And it like, came this... out the WikiLeaks. Yeah, but it's bullshit. Well, so they say. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> I don't know. I haven't looked into it much. But I mean, like the Clintons were bringing their. Haitian... But you said things are getting boring. I mean, PizzaGate is not boring. Oh, Pizzagate is not boring. No, it makes me, like, not want to be vegan. I would eat there every day just <laughs> to see what's going on. Like, to get a side order. Can I order, like, a Chinese kid with my garlic? <laughs> I don't even understand the premise. And they have, like, these codes. It's so Get the up. fuck out of here. Yeah, look at up.
1: Oh, uh, it's a wormhole. I can't go, on. I can't yeah, go into I mean, that it on the air. I mean, it has
0: nothing to do with Slayer Hippie. That's for sure. I and assume. that's who this episode is with. It's fucking Slayer Hippie. Yeah, from amazing. From Poison
1: Idea. And uh, we, this was a big one for Ron and I because uh, well, Ron, Ron was, like, just so excited when we found out he was playing uh, drums for the Skull, um, we were like, right, I wonder if we can get him on the podcast. And you know, I was like, well, it's kind of weird because – I don't know. Uh, I don't know him. I have no contact with him. But they happened to show up uh, early. How did, how did I get in contact with him? Oh, because they played two nights. St. Yes, Vitus. that's right. right. So the first night – they played, and I I was like, "Hey, would you want to do the podcast?" And he said, "Yes." And we were like, "Fucking sick." And he showed up on time, and we did the podcast, and it was uh, it was great. He's a lovely, lovely fella who has a very sordid past.
0: Yes, and he's very open, and uh, it's a an, it's an, a really really unique story. He doesn't he doesn't bullshit at all. He's very humble about his drumming talents, and his life story is. It's amazing. It's amazing on a musical level, on a personal level, and uh, he was a great guy.
1: Yeah, and what's interesting about it is that he. Uh, so right after we did the Slayer hippie interview, we we got coaxed into um, into interviewing Scott Stapp.
0: Oh, I forgot about he, it.
1: We forgot about it, which you can probably find on Twitch if you look hard enough. Um, it was pretty funny. They had technical difficulties. Don't look that hard. <laughs> I threw I threw a couple of zingers out in that one. It's pretty funny. Um, uh, and but, Bumblefoot. Ben Bubblefoot, who who I do edit a yes song with, but um, the the funny part about that was that I believe what I said during the interview was, you know what's funny, dude, is that the last person we interviewed was a guy named Slayer Hippie from Poison Idea. It was a silence, complete silence. Just silence. Like oh, what the fuck is Slayer Hippie? You uh, know, and of course I think I might have elaborated that he was the drummer of Poison Idea and he produced a bunch of cool records and. And he also went to jail for robbing uh, a bunch of pharmacies. Yes, um, which he tells the story in, which is amazing. Uh, He's a very laid back, quiet guy. So, so it's a little like, just bear with us. It's it's a great interview. But he, uh, while in jail for seven years, he was had uh, some privileges to a music room in a recording studio where he found a bunch of guys in prison to record. Records with, and he recorded something like thirteen albums in prison, and he's releasing them, which he'll talk about as well. Uh, he's re- sort of taking the best off of all of it and releasing it as one record, um, and it's uh, it's really interesting. And he's a fascinating, fascinating guy. Like I just I I didn't expect any of that. No, honestly. I
0: didn't. I mean, I knew his past completely, being a huge Poison Idea fan, and I knew he had hit those dark times, but uh, the stories are. It, they're, they're just really powerful. Yeah. And, and when, you, when you're sitting next to someone who you just feel the sincerity off of, it's a, you know.
1: Yeah, he seems truly sorry and went through a, a very traumatic experience with drugs. And uh, but he's he just, I don't know, maybe therapy, maybe I don't know what it is. But like you just got a really you just like kind of hang with him. And you're like, you, you did bad things.
0: It's hard to believe now because he's so level-headed and
1: calm. The, the, story, the story that Ron had heard before before we interviewed him, Ron had heard some story that he that Slayer hippie had robbed somebody's wallet at Pig Champions. Uh, That's what someone funeral. had told me. Yeah,
0: which we didn't even address. When we we
1: didn't address it. No, and, and, and because after a while, I was like, I'm not going to bring that up. It's kind of fucked up.
0: <laughs> and I and to clarify i have no idea if that's fucking true
1: no but it say, but that was sort of the premise that the premise was like the pref was... that was the preface before yeah. i was like oh this guy seems fucked up and then you're like you, i was completely like disarmed by the whole thing but uh it's a it's a really really wonderful interview it's uh it was done before donald trump uh, was voted into um <laughs> into office it was office.
0: in a pre-trump world what the fuck happened uh America, America happened.
1: America, fucking <laughs> just America just bent New York State over and California and just went fuck you.
0: Yeah, I fuck
1: mean, you, you elitist pricks. Do you I'm, feel like an elitist prick?
0: Uh, when I go on Facebook and I read my friends' posts, absolutely, really, from both sides, huh? But not in general. In general, I'm a. Do puss. you feel white privilege? No, fuck no. <laughs> fuck that. I mean, fuck participation trophies. I, I hate all that bullshit. But on the flip side, I hate... Is that white privilege or that's just, I don't know. That's I just millennial that. bullshit? I just hate this coddling new educational system. But on the flip side, I hate throwback caveman ignorance, which is is dominating American culture again. And he's like crawling out from under a rock that's socially, politically. Yeah. And I think, you know, so, you know, I hate everybody, I you guess. Know,
1: you know, Ron, the thing I like about... about um like the white power thing and the, oh you and, like things about white power well i'm gonna let me finish <laughs> uh the thing i like about the white power thing and the uh um like the alt-right and the like you're saying this like caveman thing at least we know who the assholes are
0: yeah absolutely
1: they're not hiding anymore no i mean it's scary that they can get away with what they do but at least you know at least everybody's on the surface it's sort of I mean,
0: you know. it's. A, I mean, it's a more honest. It's like that Malcolm X quote that I always butcher. Uh, says something like, "Come up to me. Don't come up to me like an angel and really be nothing but a devil," which I'm totally butchering. But that the premise is got it. You
1: know, right. Be what you are. Be what you are.
0: And uh, I mean, I like it because I, I actually find parts of what's happening exciting because I think that you have to you have to encounter and embrace the ugliness from like that lack of. Understanding on a personal level to the deep corruption in politics, and you're not going to get that if you just keep getting more Clintons and more Bushes. You have to get something really extreme, and, and this is even more extreme than Hillary, who's a piece of shit on her own. This is really extreme, and it's like, all right, now the cards are on the table. What are you going to do? And as a country, it's like you you better take your stand. You can't sit on is the it, fence. Is
1: it totally extreme? Uh, <laughs> Is it like is it like a snowboarding contest? Yes, sick. Is it like the six year old skateboarder on? I his, wish
0: it was like ECW extreme. Yeah. That oh, that's
1: fun. that kind of extreme. I'm, th- be... I'm thinking like Poochie from The Simpsons. Uh, well, extreme. that's a whole totally other... extreme. Uh, it, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. Burn it down to in order to build it up properly again. Yeah, but I, it, I'm
0: not a middle of the road guy.
1: No, I know and, you're not. I know you're and not. And you know.
0: You get you stand in the middle of the road. You get by a car. I I'm not either, that.
1: but like in the in the in the 2004 elections, I got I was very vocal. Um, I got shit thrown at me on a daily basis, uh, being on tour with um, on new metal bands and stuff, and uh, voicing an opinion uh, which I wasn't allowed to have, especially in front of veterans, which uh, or people in the army. That was that was a classic. I was opening for Papa Roach in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, and I did my whole i did this i did this whole thing with the um um god is uh, all is the enemy god's the enemy um war is the enemy um i think that's where it it ended it was like god is the enemy war is the enemy all is the enemy whatever anyway and and like people started chucking shit at me and and i was like what the fuck and then like i said something about like you know you want you want war like and i'm i'm playing on a military base so this. Was, oh, you literally. Oh yeah, yeah. So this was not, you know, I mean, it was, wasn't technically I wasn't on the base, but it was like right, it, the whole town's a fucking military base, and and uh, people just, threw, I had to be escorted off the stage, and then wow. I was, I went to sell merch, and they were like, no, like you're, you're gonna have to leave, and like the people were screaming at me, like I fought for your freedom, I fought for your chain, blah blah blah. Of course they had southern accents, but uh, I was just like, okay, you the company you work for sucks, and like you're a trained killer, fuck off. Like I don't know what I want to fucking say. Yeah. Like I I have a different opinion than you. I had a microphone, sorry. Like you know, I, and I don't think that you going to fight some war in the Middle East was saving me from anything. And, and in this fact, is right it kind of made things I worse. Assume? And that's
0: just an opinion. But this y- is right after nine eleven. This is. Two- or are We already yes. over there.
1: Yes, is two thousand three. Oh, so we were 2004. over there. Two thousand four. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, we were over there, and and Bush was up for re-election. Uh. So anyway, yeah. So I got so I, in. Subsequently, after those experiences, and, and uh, I, I kind of like decided I wasn't gonna be too vocal. Not that anybody cares anymore or even cared well, back then. I but now I think
0: everyone cares again. Because everyone's politicized all of a sudden. Right, even, everybody's politicized. Even the morons are like, political.
1: I, I kind of I felt like I, I was opening my mouth and I wasn't an expert, but at the same time, you know, in retrospect, everybody looks at those wars as a mistake. So certainly. So uh so I guess I was right. I went to Fuck th- you assholes who threw shit at me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I went to a well first of all when 9/11 happened the the next day at the post office we were watching on the news and you know there's a lot of military in the post office that's where they go yeah, post war yeah. they get jobs federal perks and uh we were watching when they found Mohammed Atta's ID and I got up in front of, like, 75 of my coworkers, and I was like, that's complete bullshit. And I was like, this is bullshit. I'm like, our government did 9-11. I thought I was going to get killed. (laughs) It was like, I don't know, 24 hours later. And uh, I was like, our government did 9-11. And half of them laughed because they're like, he's insane. Then they know me. And the other half wanted to kill me. And I was like, no, let's talk about it. But, you know, all they had was emotion. They wanted to just kill brown people. It was – yeah. You know, and they—I mean—if they, they, they could the step back and
1: look at the ludicrousness of the idea that they, that this guy's ID was found,
0: the absurdity. I, I'm, <laughs> first
1: two first fucking all. massive buildings went down, and they found this guy's ID somewhere. <laughs> I mean, anyway, I'm not—I'm not a nine eleven. Truth or guy, just because I feel... But you're
0: enough to see that the plane exploded and there was thousands of tons of debris.
1: Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And then two buildings fell. I mean, come on. Yeah. But, uh, I see
0: three buildings fell, and that's the real fell.
1: crux. I know, it's that But we won't one. go into what that was it, What was, was it? Seven? Building seven. Building seven, yeah.
0: 47-story um, uh, building, steel frame.
1: Fell at 5 o'clock in the afternoon.
0: Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Definitely looked like was it hit by a plane, and it was built extra sturdy, and there was some questions. Giuliani's bunker was in there. It's not like the thing was made of straw. Giuliani's bunker. I mean, it's ridiculous.
1: But yeah, I, there I'm, was gold I'm in not the a basement. 9-11 truth, just because I can't possibly fathom any of that sort of stuff. That doesn't It doesn't make sense in my brain that someone would do... That our government would be involved in it. And also, like... I didn't okay, fathom it
0: until September 12th. And how, then how many
1: like, wow. fucking people would have had to have planted explosives in that building, in both of them? Who like and what did they do? Kill them all as soon as they were done with it?
0: Well, Come on, then you're getting into some real dark rabbit hole stuff on what happened with the actual flights, and you know we could we could do a ten hour thing on that,
1: right? <laughs> and the Pentagon was there was no actual plane. I, I, yeah, I get it.
0: That has to do with the I'm size of the whole. Yeah. I'm up talking.
1: I'm up talking. Up speak. It's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> But yeah, the uh yeah I don't I mean it's it's a rabbit hole we can I mean I'll gladly go down it but I'd rather people listen to Slayer hippie,
0: yeah they should just listen <laughs> to Poison Idea
1: and him all the time just listen to Poison Idea because it's fucking the best punk band pretty much I would say
0: and I was bummed because they played here a few years they played here a few years ago he a few was years ago. he yep. was still away and he's still not in the band but. uh we were supposed to play that show and we, I couldn't make it. So That's right. That's yeah, right. We won the show.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, and I, I, was, I was behind the sticks that day, bartending. And I, actually, I booked that show. So Did with, you? Yeah, with Max. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the uh, potential yeah. hookup. Yeah. Max, Max Pajon. I probably just said it was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to take credit for it. it. It was like, hey, Poison Ideas come through. Hey, we already have a show at night. Hey, let's do it during the day. Okay, cool. Uh, the flyer for that show is awesome. Jay Morris did it, and it's hanging up in the in our library. Yeah, I but saw it that flyer. Very, very fucking awesome flyer. But that show is, was a big deal. And Artie Philly was in town. Was he? Yeah, he was in town for oh, that show. Fuck. And uh, he bitched a lot to me about why Concrete Cross couldn't play it. I don't remember why Concrete Cross didn't play it. I don't know. Um, I was like, "Sorry, dude." I think they were playing some other show.
0: I don't oh, they were remember. they playing the Akron? Oh, that's why they had, they had yeah. some show the
1: Akron. That makes they're, sense. Uh, yeah. Anyway, you guys don't even know who Artie Philly is, so you don't care. No. But um,
0: he's great too, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Super old friend. We've managed to mention Tyler King in the last episode, and Artie. Yeah, we're just name
0: dropping our friends that no one knows. Yeah, and it's record th- stores. And we're naming the roads they're on in case people were curious. <laughs> <laughs> Where what road a record store was on 29 years ago? Yeah, I mean it's, yeah, these are important facts. It's
1: incredibly important, <laughs> fucking shit. We're documenting
0: okay? this shit. we're
1: documenting Long Island before the. Well, I I highly doubt the Long Island hardcore documentary, which hopefully they'll come out sometime in the next 10 years. Before we'll, we're uh, senior citizens, um, I'm, I'm going to look at that. I'm going to look at my interview in that and be like, man, I look young. <laughs> 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 i know it's not those guys fault they're, how long ago did we film that like three years ago
0: it was
1: three or four this place was open because i did the interview in the basement my three-hour interview that was
0: you did three hours i did hours?
1: three hours i'm pretty sure i hope the dvd extras they release the whole thing because it's
0: well like could this be an it, Shepherd on just be a dvd on its just i only yeah. talk like 30 because, minutes
1: because i'm one of those people that that besides you know have drinking a lot um back then like i i you know, the past kind of – and it, this happens to everybody where the past kind of becomes uh, not embellished but maybe like maybe – maybe that happened. Maybe that didn't. I'm not sure. And I think I actually said that at the end of the interview. I was like maybe some of these things ha- – I'm pretty sure some of these things happened but maybe they didn't. Either way, they're entertaining stories.
0: There is something <laughs> between like a blurry memory and like accidental embellishment.
1: Yeah, I, I don't – it's not even accidental. I really think that a lot of that stuff happened and it very well could have but other people would be like – I don't remember that. I was like, yeah, dude, I swear to God it happened.
0: I can't believe you did three hours. I did like 30 minutes because I'm pretty sure it was, it was uh, me, um, Mark from Two Man Advantage, George, your old singer, mind over matter, Derek, neglect. So we just took turns and watched each other. Oh, you guys were
1: all there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was by it myself. Out. And I yeah. came here and, and we sat in the basement. And We uh, did
0: an individual though. We and just, I fucked it up. You know
1: what I did? I fucked it up because watching other documentaries, like you know how like you could tell the people who are really uptight about the way they look they know that like how to position themselves and how to look. Yeah. I put myself in some fucking chair where like I'm like slouched and probably look like I'm, I
0: can't imagine what I look like. Or where I was the, even drinking
1: the whole fucking time. I had been <laughs> drinking before drank during the entire fucking interview. I'm sure the long island accent came out. Oh yeah. Well, of perfect course. for this documentary. Of course. But the the uh, yeah, I mean I I I probably said stupid shit like yeah, Take It Back Sunday wins the award for most improved band ever. <laughs> Shit like that. Because they are. They're the most improved band ever. Um, but yeah, and is that exactly yeah. because they started terrible? Is I that mean, the point they, of well, they, you, they, they, you know, they, they had their moments. <laughs> I
0: have a couple of friends in that, so I'll
1: play Yeah, it. no, and I'm not saying they were terrible. I'm just saying That's that, like, right. My bands are terrible. like, if you had seen them in the beginning, you would never have a million years imagined that no, they would have become as big not. as they were.
0: No, certainly not.
1: In fact, I saw Antonio's last show. Um, with them when Adam was playing bass at the meow mix,
0: they played meow mix.
1: They played meow mix. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was there. That's
0: fucking weird. Yeah. To say the least. That's really weird. It was huh? really weird. I'm sure they would have a great,
1: oh, there was like three people. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, yeah. Meow mix wasn't the best place in the world to play, uh, in the city. Uh,
0: no. Well, well there what was the, a the strip
1: club that had shows. Pink pussy. Pink, Pink pussy, pussy cat. cat? Yeah. Pink pussy they, cat? they had shows.
0: I think so. I had God there. I saw the insane there. They had, briefly, they had really good shows.
1: Speaking about, hit hey, God.
0: Yeah, Mike uh, Williams. Uh, Mike Williams. Uh, get well soon.
1: Very sick, yeah. Um, if anybody can contribute to that.
0: Yeah, please do. Please
1: do. Great uh, guy. Yeah.
0: Amazing yeah. band. And, uh, He's struggling. He can do some money and some, uh, positive thoughts. Or of, whatever course, you believe of course. Of course
1: I, I went on, I think they put it on blabbermouth and I went to the comments section. Everybody's like, that you get what you do to yourself and you deserve it. And Bob was like, no one deserves that man. That's bullshit. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, he had a drug problem and you know, he struggled with it for years and he's not, but he's, he's, he's probably not crying that he's
0: an innocent victim. He's just struggling. For just himself. like,
1: just like slayer hippie. Um, Mike's a very gentle soul.
0: Uh, yeah. Mike's excellent guy. Yeah. And, uh, I've known Mike for a decent amount of years, but I, he used to have a fanzine back in the 80s, and that's how I did He put out a fanzine called Broken Promises, Broken Heads. They put out two issues, and I have them. I bought them in like 84 and 85. He literally said he made like 75 copies, and of course I have both of them. <laughs> of course. I blew his mind. I'm like, yo, dude, you remember these? Like, holy uh, shit. But uh, <laughs> he's, um, he yeah, he's, 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 he's an a- encyclopedia of music, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's knows, insane. Yeah, yeah, he knows everything, and he's got great taste in music, and he's just an all-around awesome guy. And uh, I wish him the best. Yeah. It's, and if uh, anything, benefit or anything related, if, if money is an issue, I please, people support it any yeah, way you can. Yeah, and
1: uh, and next time they play Meow Mix, go check it out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Take your time machine back to a lesbian club. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone,
1: right? It's way gone. It has to be. Yeah.
0: There's no way Meow Mix is there in this climate. Yeah. I mean.
1: I think it was funny. When Take It Back Sunday, their – um, uh, their booking agent wrote to us about them doing an underplay here. They played, they did the revolution show instead. Um, and, uh, and I was, just, I just wrote back. I was like, well, cool, man. Yeah. Uh, so, so this place is pretty small. I just want to let you know. And, uh, the last time I, you know, it's a little bit bigger than meow Mix When I saw the place. <laughs> it was like, uh, uh, really? Yeah, they played next dude, um, so and brownies too. many times. There's a great story with uh, I think I told also in the documentary about Adam when they were being courted by all these major labels, not major labels, big indies like uh, Triple Crown and shit like that. They uh, Adam were played, they
0: on Victory yet? Or no, no,
1: they weren't yet. Okay. Um, they opened for air Top Eleven, uh, my band, and. Adam had lost his voice, and so he was really super bummed. So I was like, what what do I do when I lose my voice? Drink 20 beers before I get on stage, and then I just kind of don't care.
0: And did you give him that advice? I did give him that (laughs) advice. I knew you were going to say that.
1: (laughs) And guess what? He had no fucking voice. (laughs) Totally didn't help him. At the time, he was sort of still shy too, where he he barely faced the crowd. It's incredible what that guy's become. Um, And then they went on a Rival Schools tour, which we were supposed to go on, but we couldn't. And I mean, oh, this story. See, this is a story that I I think happened, but I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> so I get a phone call from Sammy Siegler, drummer from Rival Schools. And he's like, he wanted Aerotype to go on tour of Rival Schools. We were on his record label. So I was like, okay. Uh, but we had just gotten back from England and nobody could take off work. So I was like, oh, uh, we can't do it. And it was like, it, you know, that would have been an awesome tour, but it was all tertiary markets, so like Indianapolis and shit like that. B markets, yeah. So he was like, "Do you know any bands that would be willing to go, have a van, or ready to go?" Blah blah blah. I was like, well, "Take it back Sunday," and take it back Sunday went on that tour and got signed to Victory on that tour. Oh really? So that story might or might not have happened. I'm in my brain, in that story happened, but I you made it happen. Dude. I I might have. I don't <laughs> know. That that's the way I I remember doing that. But on the other hand, like I keep going, I'm like. Did they even do that tour? I don't even know. I never asked
0: Ed. I don't know. Maybe. Do you remember the show in Syoset they played opening for Thursday? Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, it probably had nothing to do with anything. Well, I, I was the, never even is asked is to my, go on that like, tour. Taking back Sunday are gonna get big and I saw it happen. And Eddie, of course, didn't see it. Uh, they opened for <laughs> Taking Back Sunday. Christian booked it, it was in Sayaset. It looked like a fucking friendlies or something. <laughs> I forget the name of the place. Jericho Turnpike, since we like to name roads. Right. And um, there's like six hundred kids there. And taking back Sunday are opening. They're like the openers, like who at the time they only had like the local buzz, and every kid is singing along. It's ridiculous. It's like they're headlining Irving Plaza or something, and they went over unbelievably. And there was industry people there. I don't know if it was for Thursday or them. or both. I bet you they I were. Already, Thir-
1: they were already signed. No, they weren't. I
0: don't think they were yet. Huh. And and after the show, I see Eddie at the bar, and I. So I'm man, like, hey sucked. man, man we and sucked. And he puts, his, he lifts his head up, and he's crying hysterically, like his family got murdered. What the fuck's wrong with you? Yo, I fucked up and on that like, song. We man. were fucking terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, anyways. <laughs> <Reyes>. And uh, <laughs> I was like, are you fucking nuts? I'm like, every person in this venue sang except for me because I don't know any of the words. I'm like, it was insane. He's like, we were fucking awful. I really, I really I hope, hope that, that no,
1: I hope. really hope that no, like really hardcore metal fans are listening to this, going, who
0: are these guys fucking talking about? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if, if you like poison idea, you're not going to care about taking my son. <laughs> but um,
1: whatever. <laughs> I mean, and do you, people care about anything we say? You have the option to fast forward, so it's okay. Yeah, that's um, a gift. But yeah, of course, Ed, Ed would always, say, Yo man, I sucked. Yo man, I fucked up. It's like, dude, we should
0: have saved this for like if we interview him. We should just we should just cut oh, we we'll do it again. again.
1: We'll do it again. Yeah, I mean, there's a
0: lot of Eddie stories. We could have a podcast us on him.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so on that note. <laughs> Back to poison idea. This is the interview with uh, Slayer hippie, um, who talks about. If anybody's going, what the fuck? Why is somebody named Slayer hippie? Well, he tells you that story too. Yeah, because um, I had to ask. I mean, who the fuck knew? Uh, but it actually is very logical.
3: <laughs> yeah, it makes
1: perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. So yeah. if in your brain you go, why would somebody be called Slayer hippie? Well, put two and two together, and you know, and then you can also know who the person that came from as well it makes sense and the metalheads that are out
0: there he talks about his first metalheads yes so I, have, I, have, yeah, I have the original double one they have the album they were really good pre-poisoned idea for him
1: there you go that's All right. it and with that being said
0: drums are the bottom of the cloud
2: listen well drums beating like thunder straight from hell trumpets are blaring the times come round, Satan is
3: here to claim his ground, there's an earth that's green, there's an earth that's free,
2: there's a place for you, and a place for me. But the bleeding heart huh, wouldn't let it be, we don't need them anymore.
1: Just, everybody's just too fucking loud all the time. All right, we're on, <coughs> man. All right, no wasting time. Yo, what's up? What's
0: up? Just ran here like an asshole. Oh, arena <laughs> Hi, Ron. Hi, Ron. Hi, Ron. Welcome, our guest. Hi, Slayer Hippie Hi. You can call
1: him Mister Slayer Hippy. Whatever he prefers. <laughs> I don't care. You don't care? He's do you like go, Do you like going by the moniker? Did you officially change it?
2: No. no it anymore. was hoisted upon me. <laughs> I did not choose that name. What is it?
1: What's the story behind the hoisting of, of your name?
2: Oh, I was, uh, I was doing The Door at a Poison Idea show before I was in the band. This was in, like, 84 or something like that. I think it was, like, a Dick's show or something like that. But Tom, the guitar player in Poison Idea, he, he put on a ton of, poison, uh, ton of punk shows in Portland. Anyway, I was doing The Door, and a guy from a local band, a band called Lockjaw in Portland, comes in, wants to get in for free, and I didn't know the guy and he expects to get in for free at all of Tom's shows. And I said, no, dude, sorry, it's it's five bucks, you know. I don't don't get the privilege of letting people in for free. I love it. You're you're hired, bro. Yeah,
3: Yeah, you got a new job when you're in New York.
2: (laughs) Anyway, this guy, his name's Del Murray. He's a good friend of mine. He calls up Tom Pig the next day, and he goes, who was that Slayer hippie-looking dude that was doing the door? Because I had a big... Slayer pentagram painted on the back of my jacket <laughs> <laughs> And so next day when I go over to Tom's house He goes, look It's the Slayer Hippie <laughs> And I'm like, what? Fuck you, man What are you talking about? From, from then on, all of them dudes called me Slayer Hippie What's your real name? Stephen Hanford. All right. Well,
1: Stephen Hanford. Welcome. That sounds way more professional. <laughs> welcome to The Automatic Crowd, the St. Vy's podcast. Well, thank you. Well, I'm glad we got... The, that was a good intro to this. That a,
0: yeah, that was. He introduced himself. <laughs> yeah. proper.
1: fucking love it. I don't even have to do an intro now.
0: <laughs> Saves us time. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, you're out playing drums
0: for The Skull? Yeah. Currently?
2: It's, it's a blast.
0: Yeah? How's the tour going?
2: It's going really well. The shows keep getting better.
0: Good. Uh, I'm, I'm a...
1: I'm a big poison idea fan, so and yeah, I, you know, Ron Yeah. Ron was Ron was salivating when he found out you were playing drums and you oh, would right be different. here.
0: Yeah, that was a nice surprise. I had no idea at first Because I saw them the first time they rolled through. Oh yeah. Before yeah. you were in the band. Yeah. And I have the record. I
3: think they played
1: her twice before.
0: I saw they, them once here. Did yeah. they play twice?
1: Yeah, they played twice. And it was awesome both times. Yeah.
0: yeah well now it's three because I know. Four. Uh, four, four, four tonight. That's They'll right, two. Look at that. So I've seen three or four, I'm pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Tour's going well. Everything, uh, everybody's happy. Yeah, no one's drilling really at each other.
2: Touring with all the, the Vitus guys are all really cool, and we've been really great to work with. You know, cause we're like we've been combining the drum sets and stuff. Right. Because there's no room on stage, so you, we can yeah, it's dude. hard to it's, tight clubs. It's, it's tight clubs. Tight clubs. Yeah. <laughs> tight pussies. Tight clubs. Tight pussies. Tight clubs. It's way of life. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> tight, tight stages. Yes. Is that code? It could be. It's like, like the conspiracy theorists. It's is, new code. It's like, co- what's code for international Jewish conspiracy? It's like uh, Bilderberg or something. You know? Well,
0: that's a whole other, yeah, yeah. A whole other fucking we don't want rabbit hole. hole. We're, not we're, going there yet. we're not going there yet? <laughs> Come on, man.
1: Ron, ask away. You have Slayer
2: Hippie here. <laughs> okay. Ask away, please. we'll, uh, you, we'll start at know. the beginning, man. The beginning? How old
0: were you when you uh, started playing and... Uh, the first band I knew you were in was Mayhem, the metal band. Yeah, I bought your demo in like. Which God. Jesus
1: Christ! It's so funny you were talking to Johnny Stiff the other day because Johnny Stiff brought up Mayhem in when we interviewed <laughs> him. He was our first podcast interview. What was he? Yeah, is yeah. he coming
2: tonight? Probably. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. coming unless he's got he unless coming.
1: he's got work. It's Friday night, so oh, yeah. yeah, he might, might drive a band somewhere. Yeah, and then not lift any gear. Stiff don't lift. Yeah. How do you know? How do you
0: know Johnny Stiff?
2: From when Poison Idea played here in '89. When
0: you played the Pyramid. And ABC? Yeah. Those shows. Those yeah.
2: shows. I wow. figured
0: he was involved in some way with those.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. So so Mayhem was the first band? You were like a kid
2: and this fucking... Uh, well, I was in another band before that. I was in a band called Terra. T-E-R-R-A. O- yeah. The way you describe it? Mm-hmm. Got it. <laughs> and uh, that was when I was eight. Me and some eight? guy. Yeah, eight years old. <laughs> wow, that's pretty fucking young. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A bunch of guys... Not a bunch just No wonder you are such a guys. good drummer You started early mm-hmm. Yeah I, I yeah. had to I had shit on my mind And I wanted to bash on something Damn I can relate Yeah, yeah. It was a, was But it, I didn't start
0: to way later Was it a so. rough
1: time in Portland For you, for you at that time Or
2: uh, Third grade it, was rough Earlier for me was rough Which is eventually it was why I went to prison Because I, I I got I had a lot of Sexual and physical and f- mental abuse. Yeah, Okay. Childhood got stuff. It. Childhood stuff that, that I repressed never, that and I didn't know and right. and I never dealt with it and you know,
0: we had its ugly head later on.
2: It sure did, and it got real ugly too.
1: Well It's got to get ugly before it gets better. You That's know? true. It's, you uh, you seem like you seem like a pretty seem
2: you know, like you're in a good place. A well
1: balanced fella. I don't know. I, I try to be. Yeah. I, I mean.
2: But I did a lot of I get, work I I get good vibes
1: from you, so, you know. Well, that's good.
2: I try, <laughs> That's what I like to give off. I like to be a positive person.
1: So you were going through all this trauma as a kid, and you started playing drums,
2: and... Yeah, I started playing drums in this band called Mayhem, and, or Terra, and uh, we played, like, you know, the, our school, and we played at the Clinton Street Theater in Portland a couple of times.
0: You're doing covers, I assume, right?
2: Yeah, we did a couple of original songs, but mostly just ACDC and Black Sabbath songs you know and we got experimental and started doing like Maiden and stuff like that and then I got in that band uh, Mayhem
0: you weren't an original member of Mayhem you joined a little later on
2: no no I was oh you were so how old old are you now like 12 47 no not now (laughs) now (laughs) in that band yeah I was it was 12 (laughs) yeah I joined Mayhem when I was 12 12 okay wow and uh, then how old
0: were you on that demo that I have I have the demo from, like, I guess, 84, maybe. 13. Holy
1: shit. Damn. We get a lot of young drummers on this show.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> we, that's, yeah, we really do, actually. Yeah, it's
1: weird, right? It's like
0: a theme where unintentionally... We, we, we interviewed uh,
1: Drew Thomas, who played on Youth today's Today's Down the Walls when he was 13. Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, it was, cruci- it was Crippled Youth before that, and then... Oh, no, th- then it was Crippled Youth, then it was Bold, but he was, like, 15 when he was... Yeah, he was, TV. like, 13 on the
0: Crippled Youth record. Yeah, he like, like really 15 on the Youth to Today. Or, but
1: that was common
2: here in the New York City hardcore scene. Like a, yeah, it was a lot of very young bands out of this town.
0: Yeah, I was going to shows when I was sixteen, and the bands some of the, it seemed like almost none of the bands were more than a year older than me. Yeah.
1: I felt like guys who grew up in the city were exposed to a lot more, and that's why they kind of you know, they came out faster. I think. Yeah, yeah, they, they had more opportunity, which is why I find it interesting that you had you know the wherewithal at eight years old.
0: Yeah, that's amazing <laughs> to
1: me I to mean, sit there and learn Maiden covers. You know, <coughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that was kind of all I did. I sat by, put on headphones, and learned. I learned how to... By the time I was 13, I could play Rush's All the Worlds of Stage.
0: Holy shit. That's incredible. That's I really true. I didn't have
2: that whole drum kit, but I could play all the right. fills and stuff. You, have well, you full just do, piece you do double triplets. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, that's what I was Six learning is the, is the weird shit that he was doing. But yeah, and then... Uh,
1: Rush is a magic word to me. So. You, me too. Um, I love Rush. Yeah, I I love Rush. Rush. great. Yeah, I just got excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I got your demo and then you want a couple of compilation albums. I know you're on Metal Masker, maybe some speed metal hell record or something. There were yeah. a few songs on comps, which I bought. And then you then you guys put your first op- L well, your only LP out actually, right? Uh-huh. Buried Alive, right?
2: Burned Alive. Burned
0: Alive. Shot. Yeah. And that was what, like eighty five, eighty six?
2: Yeah, that was eighty five. No, yeah, it was eighty six.
0: And you guys tore it all or were you just a local no, band at that point? We just
2: played Portland and Seattle and that was it yeah.
0: right and well. what made that band break up
2: uh Poison Idea did oh cool so you joined Poison <laughs> Idea yeah well everyone did eventually right <clears throat> almost everyone except for the singer in that yeah. band obviously <laughs> and one of the, and some of the other guitar players yeah but yeah we were on that Metal Massacre 6 yeah Kerry King got us on that compilation so how did you know Kerry I was taking pictures uh at the first Slayer gig up in Seattle, because I was working for the Wild Dogs, remember them? The yeah, of course. Yeah. And uh, the next day they played Portland, and I uh, went and showed Kerry the pictures. He was like, "Wow, these are great. Some of them are in that uh, Decade of Aggression record. Oh, on the live one, yeah, away. awesome. But I didn't get credit for them. Fuckers, fucking asshole, fucking Slayer. Yeah, yeah. Just kidding,
1: Kerry. <laughs> Come play my place. So fucking into you. 30th anniversary, of Rain and Blood today."
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is.
1: All I've been reading is articles about, like, get over it. Rain and Blood was overrated. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. People oh, that yeah, dropped out me.
0: after hello Hates because they're cult.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, See you later. No, I mean, yeah. Yeah. a lot of them were saying, well, and in my opinion as well, that South of Heaven's a better record. But is this better songwriting on it? But, you know, it's not. Well, it's a totally different style. It's a totally they different, different They went
0: a style. Di- totally different direction.
1: We could talk about this for hours. Yeah, we
0: so, could have a Slayer
2: let's interview continue. instead of a
0: yeah, Slayer interview. <laughs> but let's stick to what we got. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Anyway, so he liked these pictures, and I told him I was in a band, and I started. I gave him. Um, I got his phone number, and I just started calling him all the time, you know, bugging him about fucking metal shit and what Slayer doing. And so he's a, he was a, he's a cool guy. <coughs> yeah, he was awesome. at that time, at least. I don't know what he's I'd like now. I've never met him before,
1: so I can't say anything. Yeah, I'm just kidding when I say stuff. That
0: <laughs> I met him in stores, so can't gauge. But he was cool enough. I mean, he was back, way back.
1: Yeah, 25 so, years ago But, I mean, he was, taking, he was taking Slayer Hippie's phone calls and fucking yeah. like, working the metal. Well, they weren't that big of a band at the
2: time. They were still... No, they was still s- small. I mean, they were just about to go on tour with Venom and Exodus, I think it was. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. So that's Shona, like, Mercy. their first
0: U.S. tour, really? Yeah.
1: Shona Mercy <laughs> just come out. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome, man. That's wild. So, so Kerry gets you on that Metal Masker thing. Then, when
2: did you join Poison Idea? When have, what? Did that so you,
0: lead to um, Mayhem getting the record deal?
2: No uh, yeah, eventually, yeah, because we, cause then we put out that demo and uh, then those people and uh, what were they called? New Renaissance Records or something that did yeah, the Speed that's Metal the Hell? You were on, yeah. yeah. They were gonna put out the album, but they, but they didn't. The people in France did Black Dragon Records.
0: because yeah, it was an import, the record. Mm-hmm. It was a pain in ass to find, even then.
2: Yeah, we're about to re-release it. Oh no way! Awesome. Yeah, killer.
0: Oh yeah, you had mentioned that.
2: Yeah, that, what's that the company in, in right. Italy that? It's it FOAD, right? F-O-E-D that's records. right. Yeah,
0: yeah, single cripple bastards label. Yeah, he does awesome job. Yeah, it's a really that's like the perfect label actually.
1: Cool. They'll take good care Facts. of you. And well, it'll only look Ron right. would know. <laughs> only Ron. Yeah, I buy everything they put out. It's fucking scary. They you,
0: like <laughs> all good old school stuff.
1: We're gonna have to start playing stump the. We got to come up with a cool rhyme. It'd
0: be better than stump the trunk that. No, the, fat bloated poser. <laughs> I hate that okay moving on so so all right, let's stay on top
1: So so the Mayhem record comes out you guys doing whatever and and then at what point do you join Poison Idea?
2: Well I was uh uh like I say working for Poison Idea too and sometimes their drummer wouldn't show up and I would just, you know, cuz I knew all their songs so I just stepped in and started playing and so they eventually got rid of their rhythm set or just their drummer and uh, I said, well, you should have a second guitar player, and we got the vegetable, and he's in there now.
0: Yeah. Because <clears throat> my band played with him a few months back, and they sounded great. Yeah? Yeah, they were really good.
2: Right on. Yeah, they sound good now.
0: And Jerry seemed like he's in a real good place, too.
2: Yeah, he's a lot better now, too. Definitely.
0: Which is good to see. They played yeah. here,
3: actually.
1: Yeah. Uh, they did a matinee here, and uh, I was very excited. I barely watched it because I was bartending, but...
0: Uh, yeah, we were supposed to open. I couldn't... I fucked that one you're up. you fucking loser. Yeah. I, did, I fucked that one up. <laughs> 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 but I played with him in Long Island, so that... That helps a lot.
1: Fucking lame. Anyway.
0: But
2: yeah, so then I just, uh, I started booking like West Coast tours and stuff for the band. And
0: So you just joined and then you were doing the booking as well?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, Tom did some, but I was just, you know, I was good at bullshitting on the phone. I mean, that's how I got Carrie to give our tape to Brian <laughs> Slagle and shit. So <clears throat> I was just hustling. So I figured, why not do it? So we just started booking tours and, we recorded uh, more all the time, I think, for Alchemy Records. Yeah. And that was cool. That that, that label was, put out a lot of really great bands.
0: They put out like Neurosis and Charlie
2: uh, yeah, like, Melvins. Yeah, the first Neurosis, the first Melvins.
0: That band Sacrilege.
2: Sacrilege, BC. BC. Yep,
0: all that shit's killer.
2: Yeah, really good stuff. Sweet. But then there was a a succession of different labels that we just, you know, we just kept getting burned. And we started just putting them out ourselves. Right. But we would license them to Vinyl Solution in England. Okay.
0: Yeah, I know the imports were coming out over there. Mm Who did you get burned by specifically? Do you remember? Label-wise?
2: Well, Alchemy, for one. Yeah. They did. Did they go under or did they just roll you? They just, they went under. I, I think he just got sick of doing it. It was Victor. His name was Victor Hayden. He was uh, the mascara snake on uh, Captain Beefheart's Magic Band. Are you serious?
0: Yeah. Oh, really?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he did like backdrops for Star Wars, and so he had a bunch of money, wow. and so he was putting out records. Yeah. So uh, he was he was a strange bird. <laughs> I'd imagine. I wonder where he's at now. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. I should look they up. they contacted us after a while and said they want to we're going to put out a compilation of all that stuff and we were like no not <laughs> unless you fucking pay a bunch of fucking money but
1: did that stuff ever come out again on
2: another label <clears throat> like reissue or? well all
0: the time never got reissued I don't think uh
2: yeah it did it did? Mm-hmm. do you know who did it? it? had to have been. Tim Kerr oh okay Tim Kerr wanted to put out the whole catalog
0: so then you put out Feel the Darkness on your own uh huh. And then uh, there's a couple of EPs. The Filth Kick?
2: Filth Kick, Getting the Fear. Yep. Uh, and you've been doing all those Discontent. With from yeah. From what I remember, yep. And yeah. is
0: that when you, uh, was that your first tour through New York? Was that, uh, yeah. Just wore all the time, around that time, right?
2: No, it was after that. It was, was right, it, it was right before we put out, uh, Field of the Darkness. Okay.
0: And you played, at least in New York, I know you played ABC No Rio and The Pyramid. Mm hmm. Did you, uh, did you do a full US tour on that or were you just doing No, that?
2: we just went f- across the top and came right around here and, and did this whole kind of circuit and that was it. So how we old were you or... at this
1: point for that during that tour? Have you reached 18 yet?
2: Uh <laughs> Yeah. No, I was 20. 20.
1: Oh, yeah. Wow. Old man. Yeah. You had a 12-year career already. I did. <laughs>
3: yeah. Seasoned <laughs> veteran. Seasoned at veteran's 20. right. <laughs> well,
1: that's awesome. So so during that whole time, do you feel like the problems that you eventually had were sort of developing? Like, oh yeah, is there are a lot of a lot of drugs going on, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would drugs. imagine, yeah, uh-huh. yeah.
2: Tom used to sell coke, so I mean there was drugs everywhere. But easy I mean, access. That, yeah, there was easy access to anything you needed in Portland. It right. was very dark cities. Satyricon, people used to call it the Yeah. <laughs> The place was fucking littered, man. <laughs> there was a place next door to it that the cops blew up because it's, all it sold there was, like, rigs and soda pop. That was all they sold there. <laughs> Syringes and soda pop. Jesus Christ. That's amazing. And so finally one night, the cops, they, they got everybody out of downtown in that area, and they fucking they torched the place.
1: Well, you can't do that shit anymore, huh?
2: <clears throat> That's fucking you, awesome. They can't? <laughs>
0: Well, it'll be harder to... Uh, probably harder to get away
2: with, but... Probably, uh, yeah. I'm sure it still happens. Yeah, there weren't cameras everywhere. There. Yeah, no, that's, 20 what feet. That's, <laughs> what that's what I'm
1: saying. And the internet's right about it. Yeah. yeah.
2: And cell phones. Yeah.
1: And pictures, and right. not. We're it's always like, it, was on like a, camera. it was like Waco in fucking Portland.
0: Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild.
1: Oh, uh, hey, George. Hi, George. What's up, dude? Hey. We suck. Yep, we suck. That's it's true. he ever says any podcast we I know, do. Is I know. That we it's, suck. It's no confidence
0: in he us He restates the obvious. I know, it's okay.
2: And then there's Ron Holzner here.
0: Hi, Ron. Hi Ron. How you doing, man? You
2: doing? You doing? You doing? What's
1: up, man? It's all right. You man. you can steal a microphone if you want.
0: Fucking bread side.
3: It's <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so we're where were we? Poison Idea uh, first tour and. Where are we at now? You guys get back and you guys are like off the tour. Yeah, like what happens then? Well, we
2: went <clears throat> we went to Europe a couple of times, and after the second time we went to Europe, everybody was very tired of everybody's personal bullshit and personal addictions, and so we said, okay, we're gonna go home, and this last show is, is it. And so we recorded it and put Sub Pop put it out. Right.
0: Is that Pig's Last Stand? Pig's a- Last Stand. Yeah. yeah.
1: <clears throat> Was it were those European tours really hard because you guys couldn't get drugs? As they easy? were
2: hard on Tom and Jerry, you know, yeah. who had very, you know, they had health issues, bad health issues at the time. Right. I mean, we were all fucked up, but you know, when you're a 500 pound man and you know, and you're fucked up, and you're yeah, physically fucked up, and you're strung out. And <clears throat> how did he fly? It's two like a, seats. Two seats. Wow.
1: Man, and they couldn't get a fucking a seatbelt on them, I bet.
2: No, no.
1: Back then, they didn't have the extendos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck, man. That must have been so crazy. I do not even,
0: th- even thought about that. I just thought about how miserable being a van. Yeah. Just being in a van is yeah. bad
2: Fuck, yeah.
1: man. Yeah, like that must have slowed shit down, too.
2: It did <laughs> slow stuff down. It was very hard to maneuver all kinds of ways. Right. <laughs> when there's that much girth in the band.
0: <laughs> the whole band's big, though. Yeah, whether it be we all height big. or weight or yeah, it's like one of the biggest bands I can think of.
2: So, other than like Mammoth, remember them? Yeah, yes, Mammoth.
0: I do. I do. <laughs> Crowbar pretty big.
2: Crowbar's <laughs> pretty big. Not, pro, pretty big.
0: not, not poison idea size. <laughs> no, pretty no,
1: big. Yeah. No. So, so you guys did Pigs Last Stand, and but the band didn't break up.
2: No, we broke up. And then and then uh, jerry and i started a band with his wife called gift okay and we put out a an album on tim kerr also and uh then i was in uh a, another band in portland called uh nero's Rome. and I've they never were heard of that it's a uh, we, we did an album called togetherly you could find it on youtube what kind of stuff Kind of more rock, just more big-sounding rock songs. It was good. And then uh, my friends in uh, in Grunt Truck needed a drummer, so I moved up to Seattle.
1: Oh, I did not know you played in Grunt Truck.
0: <clears throat> were you on the records?
2: No. no, no. I only did like five shows with them. Oh, okay. okay. But by then, I was, I was. They were going through like they had to go through bankruptcy because of. Roadrunner fucked them over right. really bad. Their contracts are just terrible.
3: Yeah.
0: <coughs> that
2: didn't work out well.
0: Yeah, I have friends at Roadrunner, and six, I remember. Six
1: records. They own all your merch. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: they own everything. Yeah. They literally do. I've got so, about ten friends so They're taking Roadrunner. advantage And only of, one has a good story about it.
1: It's totally taking advantage of, like, desperate yeah. musicians. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: You'll get our record out. Slimy.
1: Oh, yeah. Slimy.
0: It's the word.
1: Damn it. But, Roadrunner.
2: You know, what, what are you going to do? Well, anyway...
1: The Mistakes of Youth.
2: Yes, The Mistakes of Youth. So, yeah, that didn't last long. When they went into bankruptcy by that time, I was I was pretty strung out. So I just kind of stopped playing music for a while. Okay. And I moved back to Portland, and uh, I think I got into another band for a little while. And I've just, i been producing records the whole time, too. So, and then...
1: Anything I, notable that you produced? Or?
2: Uh... Well, I did all the Poison of Your records. I did uh, an accused record. That's what's Spl- your accused record? Splatter Rock. Oh, you did that one. Okay. Uh, the Hard Ons' "Love Is a the Battlefield." Mm-hmm.
0: That's a good record.
2: It is a good record. Wow. They're a great band. Um, I did uh, the first two Heat Miser albums. You, you know, know right. who Heat Miser oh, is? Made, yeah. Elliot oh, made, Smith. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And what's the other guy uh, who, who recorded? Uh, Tony Lash. Tony Lash. That's yeah. It. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I did a lot of work with him.
1: Yeah, he's really good.
2: Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, he just mastered that uh, compilation I was talking to you earlier about.
1: Oh, cool. Awesome.
2: So, yeah. Uh, a guy named Eric Matthews, He's who was on Sub Pop. Uh-huh. Uh, Cardinal. Eric Matthews was in that band. Yeah. And Richard Davies from the Moles, Australian kind of psychedelic band. He's this in is all that. really good stuff, man.
1: Yeah. So, what did you own a studio? No. Right? No. You were just working? I was just
2: working... And you're a full production and engineer and, and like, drummer and engineer, yeah. yeah.
1: Wow, cool. Yeah. Are you still doing
2: stuff? Yeah. yeah, I'm getting back into it. I've, cool. d- I've done a couple of records. The new band that I'm in with uh, Rob, Wrong, and uh, Billy Anderson. You know who Billy Anderson is? He was. He Producer. played He played bass in the Melvins. And oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He had another band. Porn. Porn.
2: He's been at a bunch of yeah, bands. Yeah, he's been at a ton of bands. He's done a ton of records. Anyway, it's it's with Rob and, and Billy and a singer named Jason Fell and it's called It. And we we just recorded a six song E P and I just did another uh uh not another What's it like it's kinda like a cross between I don't know like the Jesus Lizard and Black Sabbath, I guess. Okay. Fair, Fair enough. Yeah.
1: That's funny, because... Uh, kind uh, of? I don't could, know. It could be more modern. But maybe call not. It,
2: call it IT. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Even IT department. Or IT department. Or I get sued by somebody. The IT department. Yeah, you get sued by somebody. You sure? Oh, someone's got that name?
0: Everyone's got every name that means oh, yeah. it's yeah. worth yeah, money. Nobody then. cares anymore. That's true. It's true. Just, just, just
1: do it. No one cares. So
0: you <laughs> yeah. have IT, and what else are you working on?
2: Right now, oh, the Skull. Yeah But uh, Oh I just did a record With this band called Mad Nomad Which this guy's from That band uh, Iommi Stubbs or from Kind of a doom band From Portland Uh Rob was in that band too Oh he's
0: in that band Uh, He's
2: not in that He was in Iommi Stubbs Yeah okay But not anymore (laughs) (laughs) He quits He's done Yes Rob's a busy boy
1: It's it only
2: Yeah Right For right now Yeah
1: Cool Yeah That's awesome man Yeah so, so you moved back to Portland, you're playing in some, t- some bands and...
2: Producing records and producing just records, doing dope, doing smack.
1: So was anybody just getting fucking sick of you at this point?
2: They all were. Yeah, I would yeah. imagine. burning yeah. 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 a lot of bridges? <laughs> yeah. You kept
1: going to the bathroom every time, you you know?
2: Uh, yeah. I, I, know this. Fr- I know that I trick. A, I was a frequent bathroom user, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 Got to go to the bathroom. <laughs>
2: yeah. Come back a
1: little bit happier and itching yourself. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, you seem
1: you seem relatively productive, honestly. I mean,
0: yeah, I tried. People I know who live that lifestyle can't get out of fucking bed.
2: Yeah, well, there was a while when that happened, like that, when I just was I was done with people and <clears throat> doing anything productive. But yeah, I still managed to do things here and there. But after that, you know, it just I got put into like my third music care has put me into my third their third rehab at which it would be my 13th rehab jesus wow. that's a some dave I, levels yeah it's bad it's like that kind <clears> of <throat> sadly enough and uh i was doing this kind of therapy session with this person they were saying like explain your life from this age to this age and it was from five to ten and the other person they you know you sit across from someone and say this and uh, theirs was all, you know, visiting grandma and going to the beach and noodle salad, all niceties and stuff. And I was thinking about it and it all came back to me. Why, you know, my, the horror of my childhood because I'd repressed it for so long. Yeah. And that's when it hit me, you know, and it wasn't pretty. And I told the, this guy that and he was just like, Ugh, you know, and so I went outside and, and then I told this, I had an appointment With the therapist there A psychotherapist And I asked him Before I told him this I go this is Kind of doctor patient Privilege right You're not going to tell anybody This or anything It's like yes of course So I lay out This whole story to him About my life And then he walks right out Into the Kind of the dosing area Of the clinic And my Idiot Fucking uh, The guy who is The uh, He was uh, My coordinator There and uh, he just told him this in, this, in front of this room full of people. The and story so,
0: you were just told? Yeah, yeah the he story. He to everybody. Yeah,
2: and just fucking announces it to everybody oh, in there shit. getting dosed and shit. And I'm like, listen, you fucking asshole. And I go out and read him the riot act, and I'm, you know, I'm shaking. I'm so fucking angry. And so I go out into the woods back behind this place. And this place is posh. It's outside of Nashville, out where there's, you know, there's farms on each side. And a big shale kind of mountain behind it. And I go out there and I pick up a, a, a fucking log and I beat the shit out of a, a downed tree thinking it's this person that did this stuff to me. And I'm screaming at it, you know, and I'm trying to get out some... Aggression? Yeah. <clears throat> but little did I know my screams are being bounced off this shale wall that's by me. And it's, I wake up the next door neighbor, which is Faith Hill. And so <laughs> <laughs> and I so, didn't expect that. so her I come out of the out of this out of the woods and I'm surrounded by her fucking Gestapo, you know. There's like maybe two
1: Fenth didn't want to help you?
2: No, it's they didn't up. care at that point. They was said, You gotta go, either you go to Nashville General Mental Ward or you can go home. I go oh, yeah, I think I'll go home. <clears throat> and so I went home and proceeded to fuck shit up you know i was pissed and i didn't get any help when i asked for it and so i'd had enough and all those fucking rehabs they were all really the same you know it was i didn't i didn't get one thing out of any of it i mean i've read all those books and they they're kind of they just really touch the surface they don't really tell you to dig deep i mean they're all very you know Anyway, I, don't, I get pissed off just talking about it, you know what I'm I saying? I can't say I
0: blame you. Yeah.
2: So yeah, after that I went home and I sold all my stuff. Got rid of everything I could think of and kept buying smack. And finally one day I was walking into Walgreens. It was like 3 a.m. I looked up and it said pharmacy and I was sick. And I looked over to my right and they had steak knives on the counter. Oh. Three for five bucks. <laughs> so I grabbed one and took one out and I laid it on the counter and I told them what I wanted. Please put into a, into a bag. I did. They did, and I walked out, and that was the end of it. And I did that a couple more times. Oh shit! They, so you r-
1: didn't get caught that time?
2: No, no, I didn't get caught any of the times. I turned myself in.
1: Oh shit! What the fuck? They didn't? They they didn't bother to call the cops, or you just? Ran oh, they fast called the
2: them. cops. Sure, yeah, yeah. Of course they called the cops, but uh, they didn't catch me. Right. But they, the cops kept coming to my parents' house and bugging them, and I didn't want to fucking, you know, I wasn't gonna have the cops at my my parents' house like that. Right. So I went and turned myself in, and uh, got sentenced to seven and a half years. Wow. And was
0: that for each incident? Did they have you? Every I time? I pled down.
2: Okay. It was gonna be like eighteen. Fuck. Fuck. And yeah. You
0: yeah. Pled down to seven and a half. Yeah.
1: So you were saying the other day did you go to prison in Oregon?
2: Yeah, Oregon.
1: You were saying the other day that you uh so you wrote you started recording, writing and recording in prison.
2: Yeah. I got a job in the music program there and I started uh playing with different guys, because there's a bunch of musicians. We weren't for
1: saying though, so did you go cold turkey in prison? Was
2: that what happened? Yeah, yeah. You did. So you just straight mm. up. so it, that was how long did that take to that took a long time. Yeah. Because I was <clears throat> I was prescribed a bunch of medicine outside, psychological medicine, all kinds of anti-this, anti-that, anti-psychotic, anti-depressants, anxiety anti-blood pressure, and uh, I was put on back on all that stuff. They made me take it as I was getting sick, and so I, I was delirious for like two weeks, you know, and then I gained like a fucking ton of weight, too because I was so zombied out, you know. I'd never taken this amount of all this, those kind of pharmaceuticals in my life, and right. I was kind of forced to, and so I got up to like 360 pounds. Holy wow. shit. <laughs> so from, from when I got really fat, they moved me to Pendleton, Oregon, and that's when I started working out and eating right, and get, I got off all, all those pills, and uh, did I you call
0: Turkey them or one of the time you weaned no, off No, I
2: got weaned off them yeah. all. Um, and I started teaching drums in uh, the music program and I saw they had a D32, a Korg D3200 hard drive recorder, 32 Do you know track common recorder. For
1: prisons to have these music programs? Huh? Do you know how common it is for prisons to have these music programs?
2: Not very. Yeah. A lot of them don't. Or a lot of them won't even sell guitars, liberal. huh? Oregon's probably pretty liberal Fairly liberal I assume
0: they're a little more progressive there
2: Yeah A little bit more
0: That's interesting It sounds great
2: Yeah It's different now It got moved into And and Fucked with And now it's The whole program's different But it's still there I know that
0: And you were incredibly productive While you were in there
2: Yeah We did Thirteen albums In there Of different stuff One, One band did three albums It's called Nazari It's like a death metal band kind of more thrash but kind of death metal too but uh, yeah and I just had all thir- uh, a song off of each of the 13 albums mastered and we're going to put that out and then we're going to put out every every one of the albums that's awesome man. are you going to yeah.
0: self-release these or do you have a label
2: um, so far we're going to self-release them you know it's I'm, I'm going to put out this first do. thing and see if I can get someone to put the rest out yeah. you know yeah. That's
1: fucking that's pretty amazing i'm 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 so interested in the music pro I have a friend who does music therapy, yeah, and he works with a lot of uh prisoners yeah and they they uh, it's a lot of it is rhythmic stuff, so drum circles shit like that right, and apparently like they they just it's really great like there's it a lot is of aggression there's a lot of i mean what I was interested in when you were talking about this you you met dudes who just ripped on guitar and it's like
2: yeah it, yeah really good, good players man really good. You know, and a lot of them really hadn't been in studios before, so I showed these guys how to make records, and <clears throat> unfortunately they took the recorder away because of some fucking moron that wanted to do a video to his, his song. And uh, because they do these video visits, or video, di- video greeting cards, they call them. Okay. And this guy wanted to bring this song that he recorded in the room and, and you know, mouth to it and they heard it and they didn't like what they heard so they took
0: the
1: I was gonna say like everyone got punished for what he did yeah that's
2: the way they do it there
1: did anybody so nobody was really like uh, looking over your shoulder when you were doing this not
2: really no I mean they were they were always in there productive but they didn't they didn't know we were doing that they didn't know we were doing albums like that you know right making I'll play some for you later yeah I'd love to hear it
1: amazing dude I mean it's just so like it's that's a really uplifting story yeah you know, like a, a just like being productive like that and I mean I guess it's a little bit of luck that they had the program and yeah that very. That, that became your job in prison because obviously there's lots of jobs in prison that kind of suck yeah. I, have a, I have a guy um, I won't say who he is because he's so, not associated so sort of associated with this place but he he, uh, he went to prison shortly after we opened and he had been in Rikers before and he was telling me how, how because he's an electrician and a plumber, he didn't generally have to hang out with the with an, in general population because he was constantly working, and they literally would let him go out, like really? he could do anything he wanted because he was doing work for them as an electrician and a plumber. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I I never thought about it. He's like, yeah, my skill because I'm skilled, I didn't have to deal with a lot of the stuff that the general population has to deal with.
2: That's true. Yeah, if that's you actually have a skill and you can show them that you can, you'll so they do it. Yeah. yeah, then they'll use you. <laughs> but I mean, they'll overuse you. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, they'll
0: abuse you. They'll abuse you. Yeah, but but I guess it's it better keeps, than the alternative yeah, still. Yeah, if
1: it keeps it you in the yard and shit, that seems yeah. like it's pretty good, you know.
0: And for you, I mean, you know, music was obviously your first true passion. It was yeah. In your first band when you were fucking eight. Yeah. So to go through all that stuff <clears throat> and then land in a place where you're trying to start over and clean up and then you have that opportunity inside there. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I yeah,
2: was it's, so lucky. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Man. Amen, man. That's fucking great. That yeah, was beautiful. Yeah, truly. So it's a good
0: story. And you took I mean. full advantage of it.
2: Absolutely.
1: I watched too much Law & Order. <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking like, you know, like some guys going, you
2: wait till you go to prison you to see what happens to
1: you. You're like, whatever, dude, I'm making records.
0: <laughs> yeah, you more, made more records in prison than any of my friends have made out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fucking impressive.
1: Well, so what was a day like for you? Like, you, you'd wake up and then you'd... Like how how many hours in the in the studio would you spend, and like how many days a week? And...
2: Well, there was only a, there was a there was a scheduled time when we would record. Okay. Like on Fridays, all day Friday was when we would make sure to record. Were you
1: working out the songs
2: the rest of the week? Like, yeah. Well, there was like eight band slots where bands would practice in, right. and I was in some of those bands. And I would just tell these guys, listen, let's just write music, you know, rather than... Because all the other bands in there, all they did was cover songs so they could play them... For the prisoners. For the prisoners. Yeah. And I said, well, let's just write music, and we could just play those songs for them or do whatever. I don't care. But, uh, you know, let's do something. Let's have something to show for yeah, while we're nothing. fucking in this dump, you yeah, know?
3: Yeah.
2: Wow. And it, was, it helped out a lot of people, man.
1: That's great, man. So you're still in touch
2: with... Yeah, with all the musicians, yeah. Yeah. And a couple of other guys. How many of them are out? Uh, Two of them are out now. One of them, he works or worked in the music program with me. He got me the job there. His name was Sam Redding. And we did a bunch. Like, He plays guitar on a lot of the first six albums and bass. Other people did too, but he's... It was his music room. It was his baby. Got it. He was the guy that actually, it, it used to be a weight room. And one of the staff members there was kind enough and somehow got money freed up to buy gear. And they just went in and built a room. Wow. I, I mean, it sounded terrible in there. but we had, And we treated it with acoustic stuff. But, but, but it, it was all right, though. Yeah. They sound good.
1: I'm sure, I'm sure you knew at least, or, well, I doubt you had the materials to make it all great, but yeah. at
2: least you knew how to make it sound good. Well, yeah. I mean, there wasn't, it wasn't the greatest microphone selection. <laughs> they didn't have any mic prees to speak of or wow. anything like that. Okay. But, I mean, there were in that, we're, in that board, but I they, was say, they, they must sucked. Built, they were terrible. Yeah. But <clears throat> they were better than nothing. Right. So, so how long have you been out for? I've been out since April 7th.
0: Holy shit. That's recent. It's only six months. Yeah, six months. Well, six mm-hmm. months today,
2: actually. Today. And you're, you're well,
1: feeling welcome back. good about reassimilating into society? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: I felt really weird at first. Yeah. I can Really, imagine. really weird.
1: Wow.
2: Now, as
0: far as your musical friends, you said you had burned some bridges in the past. Um, did you reach out or did word just get out that you were out? Like, How did you reconnect with oh, re- like, all your old friends in the music scene?
2: I reached out when I was in there and wrote to people and said I was sorry and, you know, did and the they were, they were yeah, you know, I tried to mend, mend, yeah, mend any old wounds I could, and some people were, weren't going to have it, but right. pretty much most everybody's been super positive and very helpful. Good. Wow. Yeah. That's great, man. I yeah. Mean, well,
0: well, for six yeah. months out, you've got a lot going on already. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fuck, you're on tour sure. already.
2: I know, I can't believe it myself. Did
1: you? Did you? Uh, well, obviously, I mean, you're on tour, but you, you didn't have to
2: like get out and get a real job or any work programs or any shit like that. Not yet. No. No. Any probation issues with touring? Uh, no, actually, I mean, well, they let me out off, off of. Did uh, we just get like, you in trouble? Close. Yeah, oh, no, you, no, no, no. Is
0: this whole thing fucking you up? No,
2: <laughs> they let me off of uh, like close probation, and all all close probation was for me. It's post prison supervision, oh, they call okay. it. But all it was was I had to go in once a month and say hi and tell them what I'm doing, and oh, that's that was loose. it. That's it was loose. totally loose. I'm like, okay, do you want some piss or something? You know, <laughs> do, 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 what? Is this it? Is this all I have to do? Is, that, is, yep, your, is, your,
1: it. is your addiction just something, that, is it something you struggle with every day, or, or is it something no, that you're mean. just totally over it?
2: Well, I worked and I excavated my soul to the point of where it's a non-issue, and I don't, you know, that's... Right. Stuff doesn't have any kind of allure to me. Right. You know, I still have an occasional beer and stuff, you know, but... Uh, Drinking really wasn't your thing, anyway. <coughs> oh, it was my thing. Okay. I liked oh, doing fantastic. it. It's my thing.
0: <laughs> it's definitely
2: your thing.
1: Just having a beer every once in a while. Shut up, Ron. Don't judge me. <coughs> I'm not judging
0: you. But you don't feel any... When you drink, you don't feel like it leads to other things. People always fall back on that. But I think everyone's different.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not for me. You know, I just know where I've been, and <laughs> I don't want to go, to go back. back. You know, I, a, I've yeah. had enough.
1: It's a, it's a shitty end of a story. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it is. And I want to change and, uh, and that yeah. trajectory in my life.
1: And at the end of the day, even without the prison stuff, you're lucky to be alive. So
2: absolutely, just, you know, it's very uh, lucky. It
1: could have ended up much much worse. And I'm sure you have a lot of friends who aren't alive.
2: Uh, That's a fact. Yeah. A lot of friends that aren't alive. Yeah, that's, uh, Sadly,
1: that sucks. It's like a Portland thing. I I't know there's something about the Northwest and Seattle and Portland and a
2: lot of junkies up there. Yeah, a lot yeah. of heroin.
0: It always has been.
1: Vancouver too. Same shit. Yeah. It's uh, fucking crazy. At so least
2: they're w- a little more humane to them up there. All right. Well, on a, on a much <laughs> on a
1: much better note, what's your, this? I can't even imagine the second question I'm going to ask you. What the answer is going to be for this, but what's the best show you've ever played?
2: Hmm. God, I don't know. Best show I've ever played. That one here was pretty good. was Boys and Idea. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah. God, I don't know.
1: Was it? Was there one that like, like they were just super legendary bands that were all on the bill and it was like, you know, even if it's local Portland show, where it's like, you know...
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Fuck, man. I don't know. That's a hard question. I know. I'm sorry, man. I couldn't answer. I couldn't answer that question. But yeah, we ask everyone. I can. But we've asked. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It I evolves, don't know. It involves Donington. <laughs> <Well>, At <that's best. laughs> 100,000 people.
1: Um, so, all right. So, fuck, fuck, best show. What's the most fucked up place you've ever played?
2: Fucked up, like toilet just fucked fucking, up, just or the people fucked up. At both. Yeah, both will be fine. Well. We played Fender's Ballroom one one year with, uh, with GBH and, and I think Final Conflict. And uh, anyway, there was a lot of fucking skinheads at this show. And they had these, they were selling beer in these glass pitchers. And one of these skinheads gets one of these pitchers and throws it on stage. And it smashes on my fucking drums, goes in my eyes and oh, shit. shit. And there was a guy working for Golden Voice, he was. He also worked for Suicidal Tendencies. I think his name was Tiny. It was this six foot seven, black guy who's probably four hundred pounds. He's a well known
0: individual. back then, <clears throat> yeah, as Tiny, yes,
2: yeah. And he goes out and he grabs this guy and picks him up and just starts fucking pounding him in the face and walking him to the door as he's pounding him. And these other skinheads are trying to get at it, but it looked like you know, a couple of <laughs> Chow dogs after a. a you know a cow or something it was it was stupid and the guy just he got fucked up really bad and it was nothing but fights non nonstop. we had to stop playing probably fucking ten times it was stupid it's a bummer but it was a memorable show we played well I think
1: and it's a good lineup wow yeah it's it was a, a good lineup legendary <clears throat> lineup what do you think about the, the the legacy of Poison Idea what do you think about like how how
2: Poison Idea is looked at now I think favorably. I would yeah. hope. I, I, I think it. Aged, I think so. it aged
1: really, really well.
2: Yeah, we didn't, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the records are like they're they're, you know, on a, on a punk level. For me, I, I there's something about the recordings. Yeah, and the sloppiness of it and the but like it's still together and it, but it's like. There's just it's got a live
0: raw energy. It's
1: yeah. There's just there's an energy to it that literally couldn't be captured at any other time. And it's yeah. really good. And of course, for a punk band, they had a fucking great drummer, which it makes well, any you. shitty punk band sound way better.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and great leads.
1: Yeah, great. Yeah. leads. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, you know, you know what they say. You're only as good as your drummer. That's fucking true. <laughs> it is. Unless he's an asshole. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. True too. <laughs> like
0: Mike Yeah. <Hornet. laughs>
2: is he an asshole he's the worst Uh, is he well yeah bad news
1: we had a bad experience with him here
2: why what's his problem
1: I I don't know we don't know what his (laughs) problem I'm not (laughs) gonna (laughs) tell the story (laughs) I don't know what his problem was but he just
0: treats people in clubs like shit yeah and it's Mm. not the first
1: time we've heard stories about that like I thought I had an an exclusive experience so I wanted to like leave it at that and then uh, we were I was recently at a festival and I was talking to a guy who was a bus driver and he was on tour with band that they were in he was like yeah like it was definitely not a great experience and i was like oh it's not just me <laughs> all right cool
0: <laughs> we grew up in the same scene as him he's like an old thrash metal dude from long yeah time. he was like i was at like 200 shows where he was standing five feet away from me right his yeah. bands used to play i was never into his band but i mean they used to play locally all the time and
2: yeah i could never stand he, managed, that band. he manages no, to make it into every single
0: waste of great musicianship because there's no song in it for me <coughs> oh like drinking yeah, oh, yeah oh, i'm not a
1: fan
3: yeah
2: yeah, incredible no, players, a, and I'm a massive Prague fan. And I, I love fans. Prague. Yeah. That was not Prague That's not to Prague, me. Though. What's your favorite prog? Huh? What's your favorite prog band? I don't know, King Crimson probably. There we
1: go. What albums? What era? Early mid 80s I like all of it, really. Yeah, I,
2: think, yeah.
1: I, I don't love the Discipline eighty stuff. I, I don't know why. I think it's because my sister's ex-husband was a dick. Gave me that record. <coughs> so that could be it. Yeah, I, I think so. And that also happens just, to me too. Like Tony Levin's the Chapman Stick is just kind of a little bit like hokey to me. But I yeah, know I, you know, I know what you mean. But it fucking, but I do. I mean, "Court of the Crimson King," "Wake Beside," uh, you know, and then the middle period with Bill Bruford and all that stuff. Those is, records are all incredible. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's like it, I'm reading Bill Bruford's autobiography right now. Oh I mean,
2: yeah, is that good? It's great.
1: Yeah, and he's uh he's a. Uh, you know, pretentious fuck, but I mean... You know, Big surprise. His, I love yeah. the way he talks about how he never wanted to be compared Shocking. to the greats, and what the reason, mm-hmm. the way he did that was to make a drum kit, not a drum kit. So that he, if he had a different genre of a drum kit, no one could compare him to all the, the great drummers. And he'd be really original. And plus Robert Fripp also was constantly on his ass about doing different shit, but... Yeah, it was pretty interesting. It was like a weird sort of self-deprecating, yet I'm awesome... Creating your <laughs> <from> own identity... <laughs> Yeah, but feeding your own ego, feeding your own ego by changing shit up. That's like you know, that's like me saying, oh well, I only play in open tuning, so I can't play those cover songs. Don't ask me to, don't ask me to, you know. That's because I can't fucking play them. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good way out. Yeah, it's a it's a good way out. But yeah, no, it's really it's really good. I highly uh, highly it his. There's an entire chapter on what's it like to be in a band with Robert Fripp.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah, that's got to be a great chapter. It's really good. Yeah,
1: he's that guy's a fucking out to lunch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, it was great talking to you, man. Yeah, man. I, Thanks, you guys. Yeah, like yeah, I, you know, it's a
2: pleasure to have you. It's it's, uh,
1: it's a pleasure to be here. We try we try and get people who don't get to talk much, yeah. you know, and uh, and we're very fan, big fans of your career, and uh, yeah. it's great to hear all the stories, and and thank you for being so open about. Your, yeah, some very your, personal your
0: stuff. Life challenges yeah,
2: and personal no stuff. You know? That's how. That's kind of how I, you know, is how you know that stuff doesn't have a hold of me anymore. Right. So right, that's if I how can you talk through. about it, you know, yeah, then it doesn't. It can't touch me. That's fucking great, man. You know? So
0: before you go, uh, you're gonna get home from this tour. and What are your next plans? More recording? Trying to get out on the road with someone?
2: Um, I think I'm gonna go. I'm, I've been playing with. Oh, yeah, I've been playing with that band Toe too. Which is uh, Blaine to, from Accused. Right? Blaine and Alex from the Accused, and a guy named Steve McBay is playing bass. And uh, we're doing... Li- it's kind of like what The Skull does. is it's They do pretty much mostly... Accused stuff? To- no, mostly toe-tag stuff. And then at the end, there's a bunch of accused, accused classics. Oh, okay, cool. And we're going to go and record a bunch of new toe-tag stuff. And uh, there's talk of us doing a, an accused AD of... It's just basically toe-tag, but we would be doing like... A full Acuse set. A, few, a full acoustic set. Cool, man. Touring that. Once
0: awesome. so you bring that to the East Coast. Yeah. Please, please, to this room, come exactly. Come I would love fun. to do that. That'd be fantastic. Awesome.
2: Yeah.
1: Mr. Slayer Hippie. Thank, Thank you, you, gentlemen. You are.
2: Thank kind you very and much. Right on.